Welcome to the Pain Solutions Podcast. Dr. Wayne Fimister is a family physician with a special interest in chronic pain, whose passion is finding solutions for this epidemic problem facing one-third of the adult population. He is a clinical associate professor at the University of British Columbia in Canada and has developed one of the first online medical trigger point injection courses for doctors and nurse practitioners, a technique that is easily learned and implemented into the medical office of any doctor or nurse practitioner treating chronic pain. To get free access to Pain Solutions newsletter, blogs, and to register for his online course, simply register at www.waynefimister.com. On the podcast, Dr. Wayne brings together experts from various segments to share with you how they solve people's pain problems and how you can get this treatment too. And now, here's your host, Dr. Wayne Fimister. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of the podcast show. My very special guest today is Dr. Ramchandani. Welcome. Thank you. Excellent. Well, not only is Dr. Ramchandani a pain doctor, everyone, he also runs a podcast show, which is in its 10th week. So congratulations from one podcast soul to another. <laughs> Thank you. So let's go back a little bit. Give us a bit of background about yourself and how you got into the world of pain medicine. So I started my career in medical school, seems like an ages ago. And I went into an internal medicine residency and decided I didn't want to do that. And I did one rotation in physical med and rehab where I was actually in the rehabilitation unit where I was taking care of patients that had long-standing conditions, strokes, spinal cord injuries, and other things that caused pretty devastating effects on patients' lives. And I saw this one patient that had Parkinson's syndrome, and he recently had a stroke. He was up in the ICU, and I was taking care of him in the ICU. And then he came down to the rehab unit, and he's like, have I seen you before? I told him, I've been seeing you for the last two weeks. How do you not know my name, or how do you not know who I am? And he's like, well, we never really talked. And that's where I realized that in physical medicine and rehab, where I'm actually taking care of the patient in a more chronic setting rather than in the ICU or on the floor in internal medicine, I can actually see patients long-term and have a relationship with them. And so that sort of turned me to physical medicine rehab. And then I started doing more rehab and realized how much pain was involved with what I was doing. So finally, I decided to go into pain management. Okay, well, here you are many years later in the throes of a practice and dealing with longitudinal care, which just means patients moving forward with time following them. And that's so important, as we know, because, you know, in the acute setting, we very rarely spend time with patients, but we do have the opportunity in our practice. Now, which treatments do you use as a regular basis in your practice? I do pretty much everything under the umbrella of pain medicine. So anything from a simple trigger point injection all the way to doing surgery and doing intrathecal pumps or spinal cord stimulators. So everything in that yamut. And that may include the simple things like sending a patient to physical therapy or adjusting what they're doing for treating their pain. For example, there was one patient, he's like, I like riding bikes, okay? And he had spinal stenosis. And with spinal stenosis, patients have difficulty standing up straight or extending their back mainly. So he was riding a recumbent bike 
This is where you actually sit more straight up instead of bending forward. So I told him, rather than doing anything else, why don't you change the type of bike that you ride? So he started riding a regular road bike. And guess what? His pain went away. So from that simple thing all the way to putting in a pump for a patient that has chronic pain that we can't do anything else for, I do it all. Excellent. Wow. And you mentioned also you work on nutrition. Yes. How's that going? It goes pretty difficultly with some patients, and then it goes pretty well with some patients. It just really depends. Right. Now, what I try to tell patients is eat a healthy, healthy diet and eat a balanced diet. And that's pretty much my message. If you eat well and eat good things, you will be healthier. Okay. So let's just dive down into some deeper questions about chronic pain. What would you say are the main causes of chronic pain? Well, there are many different causes of chronic pain. I think one of the main causes is poor control of muscles. One of the problems that happens is that patients don't exercise the right body parts enough and they become weak in those body parts. And then those parts become painful. And then what happens with that is the whole chronic pain cascade happens where someone has pain in a certain spot and the brain thinks that they are supposed to have pain in that spot so that the pain continues to evolve from that spot. It's sort of a neuromuscular learning cycle where patients have chronic pain. And once you're weak in a certain area of the body, it's very difficult to gain strength without having more pain. So patients sort of don't do those things to strengthen those parts of the body so that those parts get even weaker and the pain gets worse. So true. Yeah, we so need our colleagues, our kinesiologists and our physical therapists to help us with this. Because as an MDs, you know, we don't know the details of that. Absolutely. And um, yeah, they're invaluable. I work in several clinics in the past and presently got both physios and kinesiologists around me. Yeah, I should use them more, I think. <laughs> is what I'm reminded of all the time that I speak to them and speak to doctors like yourself. So absolutely. And I think it's so true. You know, if we lie in a bed all day, we're going to get sore. It's pretty obvious. And uh, we need to get up and move. Okay, so causes is Latin, the neuromuscular, the nerves and the muscle. But what are the other causes that you found along the way causing pain? Trauma can be a big cause of pain. Car accidents is a huge thing that happens throughout the world and patients get lots of whiplash-type injuries. That's one of the things that can cause pain. The other thing, when patients work and do the same thing over and over again, that can cause a certain type of pain. There are also things like anxiety that can actually increase pain. And I've seen that patients with high anxiety can have more pain and actually have long-term pain because of the anxiety. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I frequently well, I assess the catastrophizing score with my patients and it's amazing you know if they've got this high negative thinking score which that's what catastrophized thinking is they almost always won't respond to my trigger point injection techniques that I use and more and more as I do this longer and as the years roll on I I back off you know I just say okay well let's deal with this first and maybe get some specific trauma counseling or psychotherapy or psychology inputs to bridge them. Now, are you working with a team that has this service as well? We are working on trying to get the right services. 
the problem with psychology and psychiatry in the US, it's very difficult to find the right people to work with. And it's also hard to get it covered by insurances, which is terrible. Yeah, yeah. I can see that being a, a big problem. Okay, so we've covered the muscles and the nerves, we've covered trauma, we've covered anxiety. Is there anything else that jumps out at you just thinking of your practice? Not really. I mean, those are the main, main causes of pain. I think that we have a lot of patients that don't realize that my anxiety is really the big cause of my pain. Yes, I, I love the work of David Hanscom, formerly in Seattle and now down in Oakland, and his website called backincontrol.com. Do you know David at all? No, he's gone through chronic back pain himself, and he was a back surgeon for 30 years, just recently retired, and oh. went through the gamut of two back surgeries and failed. And, you know, anxiety was one of the huge, huge components that he discusses in his website and also in his book, backincontrol.com. It's a great resource for all patients, and he's now on a mission to try and educate people and doctors in the work that we're doing and just help them you know realize that look, we can do simple cbt we can do some that's cognitive behavioral therapy exercise we can do simple active meditation exercises that deal with this anxiety issue because you cannot separate anxiety from pain it's just you can't do it it's just neurochemically the same thing you know with the adrenaline and cortisol and things and um yeah i was very impressed by the depth of his website it's like it's like diving for, uh, for gold or, or go down to potholes. There's just multiple, multiple ways to deal with his information. It's, it's taken like 20 years to build this website. It's completely oh, wow. amazing. And you definitely get lost in it. But it's invaluable for anybody out there looking for tips and you're struggling maybe to get your therapy and difficulty with insurances. But backincontrol.com, great resource for anxiety. Okay, I've got a question for you regarding diagnoses because there's you know terms out there called chronic pain syndrome chronic pain disorder you know like what does this really mean for the patient that is one of the crux of what i do it means different things for different people one of the problems with patients is getting stuck on a diagnosis it is what it is and one of the biggest issues with some of our patients is that their syndrome may be completely different than someone else. So what you experience is what you experience and not what someone else is experiencing. I had a patient that she has some pelvic pain and she was so stuck on what was going on with her pelvic pain. She's like, is this CRPS or is this, and that's complex regional pain syndrome, or is this a sensitization disorder, I'm like, it's all the same. It is what you experience that's the key thing. It's so true, isn't it? Because the definition, what's the definition of chronic pain? Pain that someone experiences. I mean, that's what it is, right? And it's long-term experience. And everybody's pain is different. If we look at the pain score, you know, we talk about zero to 10. What is 10 for one person could be completely different than what is 10 for a different person. So it is what we experience. It's not the diagnosis, that's the key point. Yeah, I, I completely agree with this. And I, I call it labels. You know, it's just a label. It's just a label. Because the thing with experience and pain experience is we can change it. Exactly. Right? And we can motivate and we can inspire and we can teach and we walk along the path with patients to help them realize with our knowledge and resources. But when you've got a label, a diagnosis, it's like, 
a poster on your forehead, you know, yeah. bang, there it goes. <laughs> and um, it's, I would say it's the, probably the commonest thing I hear in the office is people say, right, I've got this. I've got right. my MRI said this, you know, and it's like, okay, <laughs> that's a good starting point, but let's change the reality of your experience. So I'm really glad you brought that up because that's such a, a big thing for me in my practice as well. I mean, how many patients do you have that come in that say, oh, I have, my discs are degenerated? And I'm like, what does that mean? What does that really mean? You know, your discs are degenerated. So are everybody else's. Pain <laughs> is different than someone else. That's yeah, it's called age. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's good. Nothing to do with your pain. Like, I, uh, I've got to be careful sometimes because, you know, like sometimes it says like slightly impinging nerve and, you know, you never really know. These scans are taken at a snapshot in time and they're not dynamic. They're not standing up. They're certainly not often when the patients are in their worst pain. And you really don't know what correlates with the reality exactly. of moment-to-moment -moment life with these scans. But yeah, I think yourself being an interventionalist as well, it, you must have that cutoff point where you go, okay, this is what we need to do. Like go down the path of ABC. Right. Like what, because I'm not in this field myself, it'd be really great to know like, what are your thought processes that goes around the decision to step away from more of the simple treatments, call them simple, like trigger points or nutrition or physical activity or cognitive behavioral therapy, psychology, to the more interventional approaches? I think it's always a combination. There's always that, that basic thing in the back of anything that I'm doing that's more interventional. So even when I go in and put in an intrathecal pump in a patient, I'll tell them to go back and do the physical therapy. I'll tell them to keep their nutrition well. I might still do trigger points on a patient like that because guess what? Their muscles may still be tight. They may still need other things. So even if I'm doing something that's more interventional, I will still go back and look at the basics and say, you need this or you need that or you need everything, which is the case for a lot of patients. Yes. And do you ever see patients that, you know, have gone through everybody else, they've gone through the system as it's said, and they're like decades later and they come into your office. Like, where do you start with those type of patients? Oh, those are the toughest. And we had a doctor that he was giving out a lot of pain medicine and he wasn't really doing anything else. And these patients were on really, really high doses of pain medicine. So much to the point where they were so dysfunctional on these high doses of opioids that I had a patient come in that was walking with a walker and falling asleep while in the room because he was on that much pain medicine. And when he's been on pain medicine for 20 years and nothing else has been done, you really have to go back to the beginning and say, wait, where did... Why did you get started on this? What is really going on? Because at that point, not only is their back hurting, but their whole body's hurting because of all the pain medicine that they're on. So you have to really go back and think about, okay, is there anxiety involved? Is there a surgical issue involved? So the patient I'm specifically talking about actually had pretty bad spinal stenosis in his low back. So he actually had to go in and get surgery done. That doesn't mean that he didn't need something else because eventually he needed an intrathecal pump because he was on 
gobs of medicine. I mean, it was horrible how much medicine he was on. And now he's doing much, much better. But still, there are things where you have to go back and look at why is this patient on medicine? Why did he have pain in the first place? So you have to sort of go back 20 years and say, oh, okay, that's what was going on. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so what would be some advice for our audience? Say they're not in your neighborhood, they're not in my neighborhood, they can't come and see us, but they're out there, they're kind of lost, they're struggling, maybe the physician's just prescribing the same medications or trying different medications and nothing's working, including cannabis. And they're like, oh my gosh, what do I do? Is there any resources that you are using or you could guide our audience towards that would help them in these different areas that you've introduced, assuming that they're stuck? I think the first thing is if you're in that much pain and your physician is not really looking at you the way that you want to be looked at, you should go back and, and think about what is really hurting and think about why you're hurting. And even if you don't have a diagnosis, you can say, oh, maybe I've been doing this repeatedly and that's causing my pain. Or maybe there's something else that I haven't looked at, or maybe there's something that my physician really should look at and bring it up with him. And a lot of times the physician has the right mindset. They just don't have the time to really think about it. So if you can present it to the physician in a different way, that sometimes is better. If that doesn't work, then go back and try to find a different physician or find a chiropractor or find someone else that will really listen to you. I think that's so important because that's a common, common story that I hear and I, I try and work with my patients. So what about for patients that are in our areas? Where can they find out about yourself and what your clinic provides? So we have a website, redwoodpaininstitute.com, also neurovations.com. Neurovations is the parent company, if you may. And you can find out all about me and what we do from those two websites. So just say that one again, Redwood. Redwood Pain Institute. And we're in Pain. Santa Rosa, California. Institute. Okay, good. I think our audience got that. That's a great help. And if they're in the area, what's your area again? The, the local California. So we're in Northern California. We're north of the San Francisco, about an hour. Excellent. Oh, well, if you're in the area, check out Dr. Ram Shandani. And finally, tell us about your podcast show. What is it called? So our podcast, my podcast, I put it on myself. I'm the host. I do everything pretty much. It's called the Physiatry Podcast. And we talk about all sorts of different things. I talked about anxiety a couple of weeks ago. I talked to my friend about the coronavirus in one of the episodes, just to be a little bit different and to give people the right information. And, you know, we just talk about different topics in medicine and physiatry and, you know, talk a little bit about chronic pain, a little bit about this, a little bit about that, and try to give accurate information to patients. So a lot of times when patients are struggling, they can go back to this and think about, oh, what am I doing wrong? So one of the big things is sleep. You know, we talk about pain and sleep. Sleep is huge. And that was my podcast last week. We talked all about sleep, how to get to sleep. I haven't really talked about sleep disorders. That's going to be a different podcast. So different things like that. Well, listen, congratulations. And uh, I commend you for your passion of educating the public. It's needed. And it's great to have a fellow colleague just down the road or a few hours away by plane anyway, up here in Vancouver area. But yeah, fantastic to hear that. I'm going to check it out and um, 
yeah, it'd be good to follow up, see how you're doing. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Okay, you take care. Have a great day. You too.